Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? So what? Uh, so what indeed? It's Tuesday. Uh, it's time to delve into the mailbag, the emails, the tweets, the uh, phone calls, letters, all the correspondence we've been getting. Postcards. Rock through the window with a note tied to it. Mm. I'm going to start yeah. with one I've just read about two minutes ago, which I love. So we're going to plow right. into that one. It's from Lloyd yeah. Davies. And he says, got a good bullshit story off a guy I used to work with. Uh, he had a catalogue of bullshit stories. This one is the best. He's called Al. And according to Al, he went to an African village one summer where mm. they had a pet lion, which they had raised from a small cub. And every day Al would wake up and play, stroke, wrestle with the pet lion, getting the better of it every time. Uh, and Lloyd says he was also competing in World's Strongest Man at the time. A little nod to our friend Jeff Capes there. Yeah. Um, then one morning he got up, walked over for his usual morning wrestle with the lion. But this morning he was struggling to beat the lion <clears throat> and was getting thrown around like a rag doll. All right. After 20 minutes, Al was starting to get the better of him and managed to wear the lion down and pin it down only for the village leader to come running out shouting, Alan, Alan, run lion. <laughs> the pet lion. The pet lion was asleep by the huts and Al had been oh. fighting a wild lion. Oh my God. For 20 minutes and he'd beaten it. And Lloyd says nobody wow. ever nobody ever really pulled him up on his stories because he was a big guy. There we are. <laughs> good, good strong lion related start there. Alan! Um, wrong lion! Wrong lion! <laughs> Got one from Johnny, Johnny Berain's written in You Fucking Do It Mum Edition. Um, he says, uh, "I know the I know that you fucking do it stories are a bit old. No, they're not. But no, I was up no, visiting my mum last. We've always got room for a you fucking do it one. It's our best selling <coughs> item in the merch shop. Is what? a you fucking do it mug? Is it? Well, what I was going to say, yeah. what I said last week, what I was saying last week. Keep the stories coming, no matter what category it is. They're all timeless. Yeah." Anyway, he says a bit. It was a bit old, but I was up visiting my mum last weekend. She was telling a story to me and my girlfriend about when she was in hospital after my older brother was born. Another new mother was also in the ward, and her husband was mansplaining about how to feed their child, change <laughs> the nappy, etc. <laughs> the other mothers were rolling their eyes and thinking, "Who is this dick?" <laughs> as it was, as it was the nineteen seventies, the hospital had a smoking room, <laughs> and after feeding. Changing and putting my brother down to sleep, my mum went off for a well-earned fag. Whilst on her way, the mansplainer asked my mum, 
<laughs> Where are you going? Who's going to watch the baby? To which my mum responded, he ain't going anywhere, but if you're that bothered, you watch him. And <laughs> off she went. <laughs> you fucking See, do it. <laughs> you fucking do it. My mum doesn't appreciate being told what's the best of times, let alone as a sleep-deprived new mother. Me and my brother think the chap actually got off quite lightly. There you go. Uh, very enjoyable. Uh, he ain't going anywhere. Quite right. Babies, babies are a man, largely immobile. A, <laughs> Best thing about them. A mansplainer in a maternity ward. That's the absolute worst place a mansplainer could do his business. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, here's one from Ross McWatt. Uh, all senior this and that. Ross explains that he works oh, yeah. for Halfords fitting dash cameras most of the day. And yeah. uh, when anyone has an issue with the cameras, he's the guy they ask for. So enters Senor this and that holding his camera with a stern look on his face. He's also holding what seems to be a lot of paperwork, which turns out to be the manual for the camera. Um, he starts by saying, Ross, the camera, I fucked it. <laughs> Confused, I ask for a little more. And he said, camera i plug in i fucked it um <laughs> after a few minutes of back and forth what i finally managed to wrestle from him was that he plugged his camera into the computer to try and get some footage from an accident he'd had and ended up deleting the footage after spending two hours with him connecting his phone to the camera and painfully demonstrating how to view and save the footage to his phone he opens up a little more about what happened turns out he had to drive to london to sort out his passport because of brexit or in his words fucking brexit and uh, whilst driving around the confusing city of London, he crashed into a man riding a motorcycle. He said, and I quote, Ah, he fine. He make fuss, but he's still breathing. What's the problem? It's me that's fucked. £2,000 damage, my friend. Car more fucked than London. As he, as he thrust the itemised bill for his car into my palm. He did give me a bonus quote in relation to him and technology, saying, they should just take my head off and be done. <laughs> <laughs> and he told me he's now taking classes on how to use his laptop. I'd love to be a fly on the wall. Thanks Lovely for that, stuff. Ross. Nice stuff. I got another this and that now from Matthew Walkin. Um, he gives me a this or that from Blanes, which, of course, is the place ah. that I ended up on my interrail adventure yeah. in Ricky's bar when I was kidnapped by a Cockney man. Hey, yeah. um, I saw that they tried to do away with interrailing last week as well. A few people tweeted us about that, didn't they? Yeah, the Brexit thing. We were going to pull out of it. and um, I didn't even know it was still going, to be honest. It seems no a bit old did. school now. No one uh, did. And then everyone was up in arms because it was going to get abolished. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then they, exactly. they brought it back. They brought it back. It's like yeah. Six Music when they were going to scrap that. Yeah, or um, salad cream. They do that with salad cream once in a while yes. too, don't they? they yeah, I tell you PR. what, they fucking better not. They better not fucking ever dare get rid of salad cream. Just they fucking try it. I tell you what, not on right, my watch. When Brexit, you stayed in your house, didn't you? You didn't. You know they elected Boris Johnson. You stayed in your house, right? Yeah. But when, but there's some things where you are coming out swinging. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the top of the list is like in them cancelling salad cream. <laughs> salad cream. Jesus. <laughs> anyway, uh, Blanes. Yeah, Sam's mention of Blanes last week has reminded me of a senior that experience a few years ago that I'd mm -hmm. totally forgotten about. We'd booked to go to Lorette. That's Lorette de Mar. 
but ended oh, yeah. up in Blanes, Blanes, which is the next town down the coast. Now, Lorette de Mar is very much... There's three towns in a row. There's Lorette de Mar, Tossa de Mar. I kid you not, that's what it's called. <laughs> Sounds like something out of Carry On Abroad. And then there's Blanes. And I ended up in Blanes because we'd gone to Barcelona and we thought, this is shit. Get off a, you get off a train in a city and you don't know the yeah. city and you're a kid and the internet hasn't been really invented yet, much less smartphones. And you think, yeah. what the fuck's this? It's like if a Londoner get a, a, a visitor from Spain came to London and just got off the train at Victoria Station and thought, what, is this London? <laughs> this is bollocks. <laughs> yeah. So we, we were like 17, like, well, this is well shit. And the, we bumped into an Aussie man and he went, lads, you don't want to be uh, here. <laughs> There's nothing going on in Barcelona. The Olympics is over because it was the year of the Barcelona Olympics. He went, you want to get on the, uh, there's a commuter train, take you down the coast, go to a place called Blarnes. You won't believe the amount of tits on the beach, right? <laughs> so we were like, oh, okay. what you say it's called again? Can you write it down on this bit of paper so we don't get off on the wrong stop again? Right? So And we did. We just literally, just on a whim, we ditched Barcelona one of the cultural capitals of the world. I would now mm-hmm. say my favourite foreign city, right? Yeah. Barcelona, knockout place. But back then, nah, look, shit. Let's go down to Blanes. <laughs> that Aussie bloke tits. seemed to know his stuff. <laughs> he knew his fucking onions, didn't he? What's his name? <laughs> Brad. He fucking, he weren't mucking around. He, he knew how to fucking have a proper holiday. Come on, lads. So the next thing you know, we've been kidnapped. But anyway... Years, a few years later, when I was a little bit older, I went back with some other mates to the Costa Brava, and one night we ended up on the fucking in Lorette de Mar, and it was only about ten minutes down the road, and that was the place that we'd basically been dreaming of when we arrived in Blanes, right? Because it was nightclubs, wall to wall bars, madness, drunkenness, mm, girls, perfect. all the rest of the stuff that you want when you're that age. But we had accidentally been in a right relatively sleepy town right next door to it <laughs> none the wiser anyway this guy but to go to Lorette ended up in Blanes next down down the coast about three days into my stay I was heading from the swimming pool back to my room when I turned a corner without looking and oh never do that never turn a corner without looking right <laughs> um, and I collided head first with the foot of a ladder that the hotel janitor was carrying on his shoulder down the hallway. Very slapstick. Him. <laughs> Having a little whistle and a fag. I wasn't se- it wasn't serious, but I ended up on my ass with a fair amount of blood dripping down my face. So it's fairly janitor- serious. This is, it yeah, wasn't that is, serious. That's pretty serious, mate. While the janitor, in the most casual this and that manner, tried to console me with the words, eh, it's just a scratch. You'll probably still be okay with the babes. <laughs> <laughs> he then dragged me to my feet and told me, cheer up, man, it's a holiday. Before strolling away to carry on his journey, he didn't even put the ladder down. <laughs> Cheers, Matt. Nice one, Matt. Brilliant. Good to see that. Although it sounds far-fetched, Matt, to be honest. Mm. I mean, a, a man walking along a corridor with a ladder, but... And another man not we'll looking you around the corner. Once. Yeah. Yeah, there's another senior descendant from Alexander Gilder, uh, recently returned from a week away on the Greek island of Kos. Uh, the senior descendant, I says I previously holidayed with my parents in my early teens, 
and the senior citizen that has provided my family with many a tale as my parents continue to holiday here for the past 15 years or so, possibly as a result of this, this fella's antics. Um, mm. Yanni, the owner of a local bar called Memories. Um, oh. <laughs> we saw him recently manning a fuck-off harpoon as his small trawler tracked a swordfish to the, so- to the shore. Myself, along with many bewildered sun worshippers, sat up on our sunbeds and watched as the crazed Yanni lined up his harpoon, the swordfish clearly visible in the water. This chase carried on as parents frantically called out to their children to get them out of the water. It was like the opening of fucking Jaws. <laughs> the chase continued in the deeper water before we could see how this epic battle climaxed. My daughter later asked Yanni about this when he called into his bar for a drink later that night. My dad never got a straight never got a straight answer out of him, but did get a tour of his back room with walls decked out with harpoons and nets and other fishing paraphernalia. Oh, he says, I realise this is wordy, but I wanted you to grasp what a fucking nutter this man is. <laughs> On our first you want night- to see my harpoons, old man? Hey, Come English, into my back you want room. to see a real harpoon? <laughs> On our first night, I was keen to visit memories and hoped to be entertained by the maniac Yanni. I didn't have to wait long. We sat mm. in the quiet bar late in the evening. The bar seemed to play only reggae interpretations of modern chart songs. Yanni was wearing a personalised T-shirt emblazoned with the words, Yanni's Thirst Aid. <laughs> <laughs> he picked up a beer barrel, placed it by the bar, tied two chains to it, before disappearing into a back room. He returned shortly afterwards and was flagged by two aggressive-looking black dogs. <laughs> One particularly animated dog snarling and snacking at the more port- portly and docile dog. Yanni chained the dog to the barrel, chained the dogs to the barrel, placed a chair in front of them and sat there glaring at me as one of the dogs chewed at his hand. He let out a crazed giggle and a wry smile cracked across his face. He looked like Bowie on the front cover of Diamond Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> the dogs then began to jump up at each other and fight, biting at each other's necks, and Yanni continued to glare at us, an unhinged smirk still firmly glued to his face. The kids, hor- visibly horrified, Poppy, Yanis's wife, shouted across to him in Greek, the dogs were soon returned to the back room. I finished my Uzo. <laughs> hey, get those! Hey, get those fucking dogs! That's my Greek. Get those fucking Greek. dogs out of here! <laughs> I swiftly finished my Uzo and settled the bill. On one other occasion, my dad questioned Yanni on some suspicious plants by the side of his premises. Yanni paused as he looked at my dad. He disappeared somewhere in his warped mind before smirking and saying, "Marijuana." <laughs> there we go fantastic stuff Alex Gilder thank you very much last week we talked about local vigilantes in your area yes and I was explaining about my mate Mike who, who had a local vigilante who used to run dressed as a ninja and, and snatch the cigarettes out of underage smokers fingers or mouths yeah uh, Daniel Brown's been in touch he said back when I was a kid I we had a self-styled vigilante in our area in Brentwood brilliant wow Brentwood, of course, is only too familiar. It's a recurring theme on Top Flight Time Machine. Not only is it the place where I attended two Camp Beaumonts yep. and got punched by one of the supervisors for cheekiness, <laughs> it's also, of course, the Camp Beaumonts took place at the school of one Francis Lampard Esquire. <laughs> yeah, of course. 
So we've had lots of stories in and around Brentwood before, so that's a good start. The area being a smallish village on the outskirts of a satellite town in Essex. So as you can imagine, the need for a village Batman was limited. This bloke was about his mid-30s, lived at home with his mum on a weird street where there was always loads of dog shit on the floor and and wheelless cars on driveways. First encounter with the would-be crime stopper came with me and my mates when we were chucking conkers at empty cans on a gravestone. Oh, blimey. There's a lot to unpack there, isn't there? (laughs) Him and his mates were chucking conkers at empty cans on gravestones. Mm. Sounds sort of like Morrissey lyrics a little bit, doesn't Doesn't it? Yeah, sounds good, though. Yeah, sounds like fucking great fun. No denying that. He shouted at us from about 50 yards away and proceeded to march towards us. Being only about nine years old at the time, we understandably legged it from the mad middle-aged man and climbed up the nearest tree to hide. This is a lovely depiction of childhood. (laughs) Yeah. So nice. Dog shit strewn streets with wheelless cars. (laughs) Empty cans knocked with conkers off the top of gravestones. Climbing up trees to escape a middle-aged vigilante. Peggy, get up that tree. He'll never be able to climb. Um... He found us and spent about 20 minutes shouting at us, presumably up the tree, Hmm. about respect for the community and how he works for the police in a special department. You know I work for the police in a special department? (laughs) I could easily arrest you. (laughs) My mate ended up gobbing on him (laughs) from on high, which caused him to fuck off, really pissed off and, in quotes, call the police. Well, hang on a minute, mate. I you thought you were the police a minute yeah. ago. Make your mind up. Special department. Well, although, if there are any kids listening, don't gob at adults out of trees. No. Don't gob at anyone out of trees. It's not on. And also, if, if Matthew Judkins or the estate of Matthew Judkins are listening, ditto shitting. Don't shit yeah. out of trees either. I mean, it's not just kids that are listening. Jamie Carragher, if you're listening as well, don't gob at don't, people. Don't, don't gob out your a car, car or window. Yeah. Mm. You lose your job. Oh, no, you won't. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? Every can't time get, we're reminded of can't that. can't get past it every time I hear him on Sky Sports. What I like to do most is think about other television presenters on mainstream telly if they had done it. So Schofield, yeah. if there was a video of Philip Schofield <laughs> driving home from presenting this I'll morning and it. someone goes, Oi, he's in traffic. Someone goes, Oi, yeah. really? Philip, oi, where's Gordon? Where's Gordon the gopher? And Philip's gopher just winds down the window and goes, <laughs> gobs right into the other bloke's face and then just drives off. Over, or, career over. Who else? Who else? What about that bloke who presents the one show? I always forget his name. Matt. Matt is it called? Matt, Matt Baker? Matt Baker, yeah. yeah. Let's call him that. Yeah. Right. Imagine if he was leaving the studios yeah. from one show. Someone goes, oi. Oi, it's him off the one show. Oi, you mug. I saw it tonight. It's fucking shit, that programme, innit? Hey? Yeah. And he just, without saying anything, just wound down the window and flobbed right into the face of the person at the lights. Right. Career over. Um, I could go on. I could go on. I will go on. Dermot O'Leary. Graham Norton. (laughs) (laughs) Graham Norton. (laughs) Who else? It'd be a really good one to gob. Tish Marsh. T- what? 
Titch Marsh, yeah. <laughs> well, let's throw it out to the canters. Giles Brandreth. Giles Brandreth. You were, tweet, you were tweeting about Giles Brandreth. Do you want to share your Giles Brandreth story from earlier? Oh, about when I had a running with him. I think it's worthwhile for the podcast, yeah. When I was editor-in-chief of what was then Britain's foremost weekly showbiz gossip magazine, Heat, I was sat in the office and um, Giles Brandreth was there. He turned up and he was interviewed. I think he was interviewing me or one of the team for something on the one show. Must have been the early days of the one show and he was just, he was, you know, he does his little reports, doesn't he? Yeah. And they go, oh, so the team from the one show are here. So we go, all right. So they come in, and while his cameraman and whatnot is setting up in the meeting room, he's there in our open-plan office. And yeah. in the office right next to my desk, we had a magazine rack like you'd have in a shop yeah. with our magazine and all of our competitor magazines on it, right? Yeah. And uh, he sort of stood there pompously with his arms behind his back regarding these magazines right <laughs> and he looked them up and down and you know the sort of things on the covers of these magazines like you know in those days like jordan tells peter that's it no more sex or whatever <laughs> yeah. and uh and he looks at it and he mutters to himself but he's right next to me so he must have known he was in earshot right he's going yeah. oh dear oh dear what a tawdry world we live in <laughs> <laughs> I thought, you fucking cunt. I went, hang on a minute, mate. If you don't like it, go and interview someone else, right? Turn up here, taking up our time. We've got a magazine to get out, right? You're turning up here. This is low-priority low shit for us, right? We've got lies to make up about the celebrity community. Yeah. We're knocking out half a million copies of these a fucking week, by the way. And you turn up from fucking your silly jumper from the one show telling us that it's a tawdry world. Well, fuck off then. Hey, <laughs> eh? go and interview someone at the London Review of Books, you twat. <laughs> fucking Brandreth. I mean, he said that he's muttered that under his breath. He knew fucking fine well you were there because he wouldn't have muttered it at all if he thought he wasn't going to be heard. Why would you he do that? He fucking did it on purpose. He, he, was, he was a power play, mate. But yeah, it failed because I prick. fucking told him, get out and fucking interview someone else. And then he tried yeah. to chuckle it off in his fucking Brandreth way. Jalapeño. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Jalapeño. Oh, anyway, Where back to this um, local vigilante oh, in yeah. Brentwood. Yeah. A number of lesser incidents involving him happened through the years with our parents growing more concerned with his interactions with us. For example, chasing us down the street for riding our bikes too fast. <laughs> hey, <laughs> slow down. Too Speed fast. And warning us about his karate credentials. If we didn't behave, he'd know and he would use karate skills on us. One time yeah. he caught us smoking and tried to show us his mum's passport in an attempt to pass it off as a police badge. This all ended with him flashing his cock at my younger brother. Oh. oh, God. No. Did we know this was going to end this way? I think deep down we <laughs> all did. I didn't see that coming. He flashed Although, his cock know, with at his younger brother and his mates, prompting my dad and his pub mates to go pub on mates. the hunt for him. Right, <laughs> right. What? He what? Yeah? What? He, he shows you he's got... Right, that's it. I'm getting my pub... I'm going to go and get my pub mates. I'm going down to the pub. <laughs> get me mates. Get me pub mates. Not me normal mate. I'm getting my pub mates. They're the four worst ones. Four hours later. I'll get, get need, pub mates. We're all getting a van. We're going to to plan this. We're going to go down there and we're going to fucking de- pummel him. Um, <laughs> anyway, it says the real police were called and we never saw him again. Oh, the dear. real police. My take home from this is that most vigilantes are probably nonces. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, I it's reckon not a bad theory. Probably, I'll entertain yeah. that theory. Yeah, probably high percentage. I'll entertain be, yeah. it. Uh, what was I going to say there? It's a hundred percent, really, based on the anecdotal evidence we've got so far. That one hey, story. Um, that yeah. going and telling your mate, your dad, and your dad responding. Have, you, have I told you about Joey Barton's book? I mean, mm. Joe Barnes' book is fucking mad. It's well worth a read, right? Okay. It's very honest, and it's, like, really insane. And Joey Barton's upbringing was fucking super crazy, right? He, yeah. he grew up on this um, pretty mad estate in Liverpool, and um, it was really rough, and his dad was the hardest man on this really hard estate. Blimey. Although yeah. I suppose that's what you said. I mean, everyone says that about their dad, don't they? Well, yeah. I don't say about mine, but I mean, yeah, everyone Barton, says my dad's super hard, yeah. Anyway, his dad, right, one of the things that he did was um, he one day a dog bit Joey Barton's hand in the park, right? Hmm. And Joey Barton went back and he had like something wrapped around his hand and his dad was just sat in the front room watching the telly. And he went, he didn't say anything to him. His dad just went, Hey, ah, oh, Joey, what's that? What's up onto your hand? And he's gone, ah, oh, dog bit it in the park. And his dad didn't say anything. He just stubbed his fag out in the ashtray, got up and said, right, come with me. Got in his car, got Joey Barton to sit in the car, drove down to the park, drove the car into the park, like on the grass. He off-roaded, yeah. right? Yeah. And he just went, and all the kids saw this fucking car hurtling towards him. They're like, ah! When they realised he was charging, he goes, is that the dog there? And Joey went, <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, God. What are you going to do? <laughs> and he just rode up to this dog and he flattened it, right? And then he reversed Fuck. back over it, right? Oh, and the God. owners were there. The owners were there. They saw it. And then he went over it again. And then he oh, reversed. Jesus. And he went back and forth until he ground this dog into the dirt. Right, we're gonna get and tweets about just, this. I mean, 
he got out and he said something to the like to the owners like don't let your fucking dog off a lead biting kids yeah and then just drove off it's a good message slightly well, slightly slight overreaction maybe but you know well there was there's another one where he um something happens like he's fighting another kid and the dad of the other kid comes along and gets involved and sort of holds Joey's arm so the kid can have a free punch. Yeah. Right. And so Joey Barton goes to the pub to find his dad, who's down there with his dad mates. And he goes into the pub and his dad's like, what are you doing here? And he goes, oh, I got punched. And his dad's like, so what? Stand up for yourself. Like that. And he goes, ah, but his dad came along and, uh, and held me arms and he right. got a free punch on me. And his dad, again, didn't say anything. He just like, <sighs> sighed, right? Put his bag out, downed his drink, went outside, got in the car, drove to the kid's house. Yeah, is this his house? Yeah, that's his house. And he said, you're like, you stay here. And he knocked on... No, but Joey got out. That was it. Joey got out and went to him because he knocked on the door. And he and uh, one of the kids answered the door and he goes, "Is your dad in?" And he goes, "No, he's not in." And he goes, "I know he's in because I heard him run off the stairs when I knocked on the door." <laughs> and he goes, "And so either tell him to come down and face me man to man, or I'm coming in, <laughs> and anyone who gets in my way is going to get a whack as well, and that includes all of you kids and your man." Right, pretty, pretty bold, pretty bold move by Barton yeah. Senior. Right, I'm going to basically beat up. I'm going to basically beat up the whole family. <laughs> Hello, I'm here to beat up your whole family. And if, you and your whole family. And if you've got a dog, bring it out, and I'll run it over. <laughs> but not just once, over Repeatedly. and over and over again, <laughs> till he's at one with the old. <laughs> Oh, he said, so, so then Joey goes back into the car and he just watches this thing where the dad sh- sort of sheepishly comes downstairs and he knows what he's going to get because it's Joey Barton's dad. He's the hardest bloke on the estate. And he shuts the door forlornly behind him and then just takes a really bad beating <laughs> yeah. on the do- on his own doorstep from yeah. Joey Barton's dad while Joey watches from the car bad it's not really a recommendation is it i'm not really making no. this book sound like a great read but well, it is a shock it's an alarming read yeah it gives in it gives fascinating insight to an extreme life is what yeah. i would say it's one that not all of us are privy to um while we're talking no. about the law and the breaking of the law <laughs> uh, John, <laughs> John i'm Tim- not sure if any laws were broken in any of those stories because mm, it all know. seems like fair street remember <laughs> street law Right. If that went in in front of a Liverpudlian judge, ah, hey, order, order, order in the car. Now, what's all this about then? Hey, that fella came and ran my dog over again and again and again and killed her in the park. It was dead dangerous, right? And the dog's dead. I love that dog. All right, all right. Fair enough. You've had your say. Now, let's see the case for the defence. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, you're on. It's true, I'm not going to deny it, but he, he, his dog had bitten our Joey's hand. <laughs> oh, judge says, you, you didn't say that. <laughs> He'd bitten his kiddie's hand. What did you expect to happen? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Well, we're talking about the law. 
and the breaking of the law. Well, this is alleged as well. Uh, John mm. Timbrell's been in court again. Oh, good. <laughs> this is from Gloucestershire Live uh, online newspaper. Uh, a pro-EU pro MP was left fearing for her life after receiving a death threat from a Gloucestershire pensioner in emails which criticised her views on Brexit. Um, Antoinette Sandback, Conservative Party politician for Edisbury in Cheshire, which isn't even mm. fucking Timbrell's patch. Um, said she felt threatened by the first contact from John Timbrell, in which he stated, I truly hope that you will die. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Timbrell's getting much more extreme. Um, he signed up to her newsletter to send a second email, and she's had her personal security increased due to threats from people like former police officer Timbrell. Um, he sent a message through a conservative website last year alleging Miss Sandback was committing misprison of treason. He says, you support remaining in the EU, which is against our constitution. The penalty for oh that God. is still death. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I used to think that Timbrell, there was some, some glimmer of sense to the sort of things Timbrell yeah. came out with. Yeah. But now, I just, is it me? He's just got much more extreme, hasn't he? He's like yeah. now he's fucking saying anything. There used to be some sort of stuff that seemed to be rooted in a in a kind of a weird understanding or interpretation of actual law. But yeah. now he's just fucking making anything up. Yeah. And yeah, saying things like, I truly hope you die. That's next level timbrel. He never used to say things like that. That's not nice, is it? He sent another message to He used to, to try and remain civilised. <laughs> yeah. He sent another message to her saying, what an evil person you are, trying to shut down someone who correctly points out that you are disloyal to the Prime Minister who supports the will of the people. And then another one. <laughs> Antoinette, I hope this has shocked you into taking action to correct the evil way this country has run. And he also oh, sent her a letter uh, in red ink, which is, uh, of course, the hallmark of the lunatic. Oh, no, well, green ink's even worse, isn't it? Yeah, red ink's quite angry, though, isn't it? Mm. So, um, Timbrell Timber said in court that he did not believe that he'd stalked her. He said he was depressed and not happy with the way we'd been lied to by all MPs. Yeah, well, that's. Um, I'm sure he is does feel that way, and a lot of people do, but I don't think it's an excuse for stalking someone. Yeah. Uh, Timbrell pleaded not guilty to harassment, alarm or distress, summed up his case by reading a long passage, which also suggests that he's defended himself again. Uh, mm. And the judge told him to cut the passage down as he was only interested in the matters in the case. Um, and I don't think there's been a, a verdict. Oh, no, yeah, he was found guilty, obviously. Um and he's been sentenced to 18 weeks in prison, suspended for 18 months. And he will be bound by the terms of a restraining order. Now, that means he's got to keep his nose clean for 18 months, otherwise he's going inside. And I think we could be on the brink of our first uh, custodial sentence for Timbrell. Which I don't think we've had before. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, top flight time machine's first custodial <laughs> sentence of anyone associated with the show. Our first affiliated conviction, yeah, mm. possibly. So there we are, that's um, Timbrell's latest. Well, that's a nice update from him. Uh, got, did you see this email about Alvida Sane theme was a World Cup song? Uh, this yeah, I saw is that. from yeah. Russell Holmes. Hello, men of the coins. I was listening back to some episodes and I came across you discussing a beautiful scene that would be the England team singing Alvida Sane pet uh, theme as their pre match instead of the national anthem. Yeah, yeah. that's what we. Well. 
it, it's not instead of the national anthem. What we're saying is we want it to be the national yeah. anthem, right? Yeah. I can report that this very nearly happened. Back in 2006, I was working at a design company called 300 Million. Yep. Crazy creatives, eh? <laughs> yeah, what kind of dickhead would have a really big number as the name of their production company, right? <laughs> when they came up with the idea of doing their own World Cup song. Post-Fat Les, this was a bandwagon that every tuneless cowboy and karaoke bandit was trying to get in on. As I recall, it turned out one of the lads was a relation of a bona fide rock star, star the mighty growler himself, Joe Fagan. Yeah. It was decided to repurpose his number three chart buster with new... It got to number three. I never knew that. Yeah, big hit, yeah. With, with new lyrics. And That's England, All Right, was recorded to the same tune as the Geordie Builder anthem. Yeah. A, a video was made that shows this footnote to Sporting Pop, shot in a couple of drunken hours one afternoon when all work was sacked off and we bowled along Exmouth Market in Islington, chanting the song in pissed unison to puzzled pedestrians. Mm. He's, he's, got, he's sent a YouTube clip. I haven't had the courage to watch it, but I might post it on the Twitters. Okay. I have to admit, it makes a great footy chant and would be a fitting intro to Kane and Co. It's... P.S. I think I saw Results Bot coining it in Brighton last week. He was... Surprisingly fluid action. He had a surprisingly fluid action, but was pretty standoffish with me, the metal twat. Well, I don't think it was him. Brighton's not really his scene. It's a bit too bohemian for him. I don't think that's living all right should be restricted just to football and just England. It should be the United Kingdom's national anthem, and it needs to be the original lyrics. That's living all right because that that sort of touches all of us. Yeah. Reducing it to a football anthem is, is, is a waste of what it is. I think it could be the song that brings us all back together. Oh, speaking of which... We'll see. There was a lot of people... This 50p coin that um, Boris Johnson's come up with to try and reunite the country... Yeah. ...after Brexit. Um, There's some something nonsense on it that Saeed Javid wants on it that says, you know, all friends together, harmony, justice and peace. I don't know if you've seen it. Right, yeah. A lot of people were tweeting at us saying, with various different... um, (laughs) Top Flight Time Machine mottos, phrases, <laughs> and maxims. Let's go on it. You fucking do it. Yeah. TTFN. Dickheads. I think TTFN dickheads would be the best one, wouldn't it? Yeah. That'd look great headed. on a 50p coin. Yeah. Would. Yeah, we'll strike some souvenir coins for the, ne- <laughs> we'll the next get round of merchandise. Coins. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get in touch Beautiful. with the Royal Mint. Hello, yeah, is that yeah, the Royal yeah. Mint? Oh, Top Flight Time Machine here. Yeah, look, I haven't got time to explain what we are who we are and why we're important <laughs> we're gonna need some coins made up and by the way is it you we speak to about getting special commemorative stamp sets made <laughs> right we want a first class we want three first classes and two sec and three second classes right <laughs> can you do us a two for one on the coins on the stamps <laughs> quite happy to pay in advance we've had um <laughs> We've had some additional um, submissions for Britain's Best Widow since the last episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm. And the best two that I can see from the list is uh, Debbie McGee, mm, of course, yeah. former wife of Paul Daniels. We overlooked her, but I we still did. say that she's, she's what's her name? Thor's wife. Not uh, Thor. Sh- Ra- Sheila Hancock. Not Th- Thor <laughs> Randerak or whatever jo- it's John called. Thor. 
John Thorpe. Oh, yeah. John and, Thorpe. Um, Mind you, had he not died, he would have made a great Thor, wouldn't he? In because he died, yeah, <laughs> he died before <laughs> he died before Marvel started making all these films of their he comics. Did. Yeah, he would have been ideal but, for them. Yeah, but it would have been great. John Thor is Thor. Yeah. So there's uh, Debbie McGee's being suggested, and also Bruce Forsyth's wife, uh, Lady Wilnelia. Oh, she's she's yeah. quite glamorous for a widow. Yeah, uh, and she's and- just she's lined up to make five million quid after closing down his business. Bruce Forsyth Enterprises has been liquidated. What was his business? Bruce Forsyth Enterprises. Fucking hell. What just did they get up fucking to? Fucking just this and that, probably. Yeah. Brucey business. Logistics, mainly. <laughs> <laughs> so she's five million to the good. She's five million to the good, so there we are. So, uh, and she's uh, she's just 61 years of age as well, so plenty of time for her to reinvest that. Um, we'll get in touch she's exactly around the, and have a look at her room. mate she's the sort of widow that you should be getting involved with yeah I think you're right yeah she's I'll perfect I can see out. you and her together I mean listen Brucey's not been dead long so I don't want to be no. disrespectful because I was a big fan of his and I know that you wouldn't be I don't know what your feelings were about Bruce indifferent you're indifferent but <laughs> I, don't, I know you wouldn't want to move in on his missus too soon yeah, let's throw it out to the cunters. How, well, you know what? How how soon is too soon? I'm I'm looking here and it says he died two years ago, August 2017. So I well, think that's, I think you're, that's soon I think you're in the clear. Yeah, yeah. and also you got to think of the widow as well because there's respect for the dead. But at the end of the day, she's not getting any the younger. Bloke's dead. Yeah, she's not getting any younger, and she's very lonely. Yeah, you know. It, the cold winter nights will draw in, and those, you got to think of her happiness. In all those big houses she's probably got. Yeah, exactly. She could do with a man like you coming around, especially with your logistical know-how, mate. Definitely. I wonder how, I wonder how tall can... she is. Uh, okay. <laughs> if anyone knows, get in touch. Do you know the height to the nearest inch of Bruce, Widow, Bruce Forsyth's widow? Right? We believe yeah. she is about to invest in a multi-million pound rig for herself and yeah. um, it would be unwise of her to make any rash decisions on how this rig you know was well, made without without asking the opinion of rig expert uh, Andy Dawson leading rig consultant Andy Dawson <laughs> yeah. I'll, rig I'll, solutions I'll, I'll put some feelers out don't worry listen that's mm. all we've got time for because it's uh, it's Monday evening when we're recording this, and tomorrow you and I are meeting up at a secret <sighs> location somewhere in we're the country. We're hitting the road. We're going on the road, and we're going to write the live show that we're going to go out and do in a few weeks' time. Because oh, we fucking, haven't prepared fucking anything yet for that. Andy and I, we're going to be stray tomorrow. Yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday this week, we're going to be stray. No one really knows where we are. In fact, to be honest, not even I know, You're do not I? sure, are you? No, you got the town wrong no. the other day. Yeah, I got town completely wrong, but as long as you remember to send me the postcode in the morning, yeah. I'll fucking be there. I'll, I'll do put it, now. it in the sat nav. So and that's, um, that's a reminder for you to go out and buy tickets if you haven't got any yet, because it's not just going to be us sitting doing a podcast. It's going to be a show. There will be singing, dancing. Uh, Bruce Forsyth's widow may make an appearance. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine if she came out at the end and did probably, a fan dance. Probably just you know, Mr. Square Theatre. Probably just Leicester Square Theatre, London. I can't see her coming to Cardiff. 
or uh, or Salford. What what song could, could could we get it to do? I I I'd like it to do something from South Pacific. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. I'd probably I'm gonna that, wash that man right out of my hair. Something no, like that. I, I think I'd like to do Islands in the Stream with her. Me and her. Oh. Islands in yeah. the Stream. That is what that we is are. That is what we are. Yeah, yeah it's I'll a nice that. one. Yeah, okay. Well, this is the sort of shit you can probably look forward to. So get online, get on the website. A lot of the shows are sold out, but not all of them. I believe there's still some left for the, the second show in London. Yeah. And is, yeah. there's and some left up ones. in Glasgow. Have a, have a look. Come along and see us. It'll be fucking great. That's all we've got time for for this episode. We will be back with a Kevin Keegan Odyssey tomorrow. Um, Thanks for listening. TTFN, dickheads. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.